Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Building wealth is a topic that can spark heated debate, promote quirky get-rich-quick schemes, or drive people to pursue transactions that they might otherwise never consider. Having wealth doesn't just provide you with money to buy stuff, it provides you with freedom and control over your life. The statistics and data on who holds wealth in America can be shocking to read. The bottom 50% of households only hold 2.3% of total U.S. household wealth, while the top 1% of households hold more than a third of total U.S. household wealth, according to 2021 data from the Federal Reserve. Building wealth may be a far-off thought for many of those struggling with medical debt, student loans, rising rent prices, and inflation. However, knowing how families can grow wealth is key to understanding why so many American families are struggling to build wealth in the first place. The one precondition to wealth building researchers have identified is financial stability. You can't become a financial success if you're head over heels in debt and unable to save a dime. The first step is to get on top of your finances by following these five must-know rules for putting yourself on a financial even keel. Here they are. Rule number one, spend less than you are spending now so you can save more. There are so many tempting things and now easily delivered right to your front door. In the world, it's hard saying no sometimes. Who doesn't want nice clothes, the latest technology, a new car, an occasional evening out, or an exotic vacation? But the $1 you spend today is gone forever. It will never grow into the $5, 10 or $100 that it could if you didn't spend it and instead invested it. Think about what you could cut from your spending each week, those $5 cups of coffee, or each month, that $35 gym membership or subscription service you never use. In a year, you could have hundreds or even an extra $1,000 that can be invested toward making you a financial success. Rule number two, save more than you are saving now so there is more to invest. If there is one rule that all financial advisors agree upon, it is pay yourself first. You want to keep paying your bills so the lights stay on and they don't repossess the car, but the one creditor you absolutely must satisfy is you. It's your future on the line, your financial success we're talking about. Contribute all you can to whatever tax-sheltered retirement plans are open to you. 401k at work, a traditional or Roth IRA, a health savings account, simple IRA, or SEP IRA if self-employed. If you spend the money, it's gone. If you save it, it will keep growing over the years. 
The third rule for putting yourself on a financial even keel is don't let debts rob you of your financial future. The monthly payments you make on all kinds of debt, including your mortgage, shouldn't exceed 30% of your monthly take-home pay. Where you live is a factor, and so is your age. If you're young and earning a salary that is stable or increasing at regular intervals, your debt limit can be as high as 40% of your after-tax income. The ultimate goal would be to keep your debt to no more than 20% of your after-tax income. Rule number four, control your credit cards before they control you. Credit card debt is typically the highest interest debt you can possibly have. If credit cards are a big reason for your financial problems, take the scissors to all but one card and then start paying cash for everything else. And the fifth and final rule is to earn more money so the amount you have available for investing grows even faster. You don't have to be satisfied with today's paycheck. You could advance at your present job or switch to earn more. No one is going to come along and make you rich unless you inherit it or marry well. If you want success, you must make that success yourself. I know the rules seem hard to follow. Spend less, save more, earn more, and invest so you make money on your money. But what I know is that these rules work and have for many individuals pursuing the American dream. Financial stability means having a positive cash flow, no harmful debt, an emergency fund, and public and workplace benefits. Families need to have a positive cash flow or income that regularly exceeds the value of your expenses and little or no debt, whether that's medical, credit card, cars, or student loan debt. Having investable money is the first condition to building wealth, while having access to affordable assets is the second, a topic I intend to cover when I unveil my series, The Three Phases of Wealth. To get on the path of financial success, you will need to have a plan. A financial plan is simply the goals you want to reach and then putting forth all of your best thinking, all of your energy, all of your love, and all of your efforts on how to achieve those goals. Short-term goals are the things you want to accomplish in the next year. They might include paying off a credit card, building up your savings for emergencies, starting a college fund for a young child, or making a purchase for things like a new couch, installing new carpeting in your home, or adding a new patio in the backyard. This could also include taking a trip to a desired location you've always dreamed about. Medium-term goals Items in this category will take you between three and five years to accomplish. They might be making a down payment on a home, whether personal or as an investment property, making a major home improvement, or paying off a student loan. Long-term goals. These will take you more than 10 years to reach. The most important one is accumulating enough money to live comfortably when you retire. Other long-term goals might include starting your own business, paying off your mortgage, buying an RV, or checking off your bucket list while you're healthy and want zero regrets for not doing all the fun things you really want to do. Now, I want you to stop for a minute and consider all the different ways your family, 
spouse, children, parents, siblings, and other relatives you're close to figure into your financial future. Sometimes your family will help you move closer to achieving your financial goals. You and your spouse both work and bring in two paychecks. A child graduates from college and suddenly a major expense is gone from your checkbook. Your parents have accumulated wealth and are starting to share it now instead of waiting until they pass or they have passed on and the assets they accumulated now belong to you. You and other family members or close friends start to pool your wealth to start a business or to invest together in real estate or the stock market. And of course, sometimes your family will slow your progress toward achieving your financial goals. Divorce splits up the family and whatever assets were accumulated must be divided up. A spouse loses his or her job or becomes ill and the family loses income while the expenses pile up. Aging parents may require your financial help with caregivers or moving them into a long-term care facility. Your children or another family member runs into financial distress and reaches out for your help. An unexpected expense roars up. Medical emergency, car accident, storm damage requiring a new roof, and you must deal with it right away. Bottom line, you're not alone in the world. You can't make plans in a vacuum, and you must take the family into account every step of the way from setting your financial goals to achieving them. That means functioning as a tightly knit, flexible, and well-informed team. Without a high degree of lasting consensus among family members, the financial future of the family is bound to be in serious jeopardy. From a money point of view, you and your family actually function very much like a business. You take in income, accumulate expenses, and hopefully show a profit at the end of each month. And just like business, no family can succeed without planning ahead. Short, medium, and long-range plans give the family guidance over the course of months or even years. After this break, I want to talk about how your kids play a major role, too. I'll be right back. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99-plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m., Nevada Real Estate Radio. 
Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada, 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. Natakwa. Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. Natakwa News is delivered to the north slopes of the Sierra Nevada throughout Nevada and California. It's a delightful experience of yesteryear. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. 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 From a money point of view, kids play a major role too. We all want to encourage our children in ways that help them become self-confident, motivated, and strong in the face of a rapidly changing world. Ultimately, we want them to be safe, happy, and well-adjusted, and teaching kids about money can help with that. It's important that you talk to them about money. Early memories are imprinted for life, and money memories are no different. If you start the conversation about spending and saving at a young age, key principles will become deeply rooted. As children, these life lessons can start at a young age without them even knowing. Exercises such as giving children a weekly allowance and allowing them to either put it in a piggy bank or spend it on an item of their choice teaches young children to evaluate their options and make financial decisions. Teaching kids is financial literacy comes with a variety of benefits, including your children will understand the value of money and begin to demand less. Explaining the cost of items to children will help them slowly gauge what is and isn't expensive in society. Once they start to understand the value of things, they'll become much more appreciative when they are gifted a present or given something unexpectedly. By being taught about financial risks, children will be better versed to avoid financial debt and bankruptcy in the future. They may be more inclined to plan for events in the future, such as saving for a holiday, investing in property, or even putting money aside for retirement. They will lead happier, more stress-free lives. This benefit is one that is often forgotten about, but should be heavily emphasized when considering the long-term consequences of teaching financial literacy. So what about the big question of money? How much decision-making influence should kids have over family money? That certainly depends on how old they are and on how much they actually know about the responsibilities of money issues. In other words, the more you, as parents, teach your kids about money, the more of a constructive role they will be able to play in the family's financial life, and in return, the greater their success will be as adults handling money. So where do you start teaching your kids about the basics of money? Here are nine great rules for raising money-smart kids. Rule number one. Teach them that money doesn't grow on trees. It must be earned. What you give your kids for allowance should depend on several factors, including their age and what you expect them to do with the money. 
If you want to start paying your kids but you're hesitant, try this. Start up a chore schedule with routine tasks that are unpaid, like cleaning up bedrooms, doing laundry, or walking the dog. Then gradually add on paid tasks that require more time and work, mowing or raking the lawn, washing the car, or weeding the garden. It'll show them how far hard work goes. You may want to create a visual reminder and post it in a common area of your house, like the refrigerator. And of course, there are many apps, such as Greenlight, that have a mission to help parents raise financially smart kids. You may want to meet with your child every month to discuss whether changes are needed. With an established communication system, kids can take ownership of their household duties without constant nagging from their parents. Rule number two, teach them how to save. When kids are old enough to earn allowances, they are old enough to learn about saving money. A clear jar so they can see the money growing can be used for things they want to buy now. At some point, you want to divide up their allowance so they can also establish a savings or money market account. This will help them understand the importance of saving for larger items like a new bike, snowboard, or eventually a car. This teaches them how money grows by utilizing the magic of compound interest. The third rule for raising money smart kids is to show them that stuff costs money. You've got to do more than just say, that pack of toy cars costs $5. Help them grab a few dollars out of their jar, take it with them to the store, and physically hand the money to the cashier. This simple action will have more impact than a five-minute lecture. Rule number four, teach the importance of giving. Once they start making a little money, be sure you teach them about giving. They can pick a church, charity, or even someone they know who needs a little help. Eventually, they'll see how giving doesn't just affect the people they give to, but the giver as well. Rule number five, teach the essentials of taxes. Kids are no doubt going to hear their hardworking parents complain a lot about how much they have to work just to satisfy Uncle Sam. While it's not helpful to teach kids about the mind-numbing details regarding taxes, it does help to get across the point that just because you earn a dollar doesn't mean you get to keep the whole dollar. Tax is money that people have to pay to the government. The government uses the money it gets from taxes to pay for things like roads, schools, police, and fire departments. Rule number six for raising money-smart kids is teaching them about the consequences of waste. This is a lesson in frugality, why we turn off the lights when we're not using them, eating leftovers, growing a garden, ditching single-use paper and plastic items, and of course, having a mindset for all of our material things to either use it, mend it, repurpose it, or recycle it. Rule number seven, get them on a simple budget. Usually around the age of 12 or 13, kids are mature enough to handle budgeting their income, no matter how small it is. Rule number eight is to teach them about investing. Once they're 13 or 14, curious kids will almost certainly start asking questions about stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and the like. That's the time to introduce them to the basics of personal investing. 
Give your child a real stake in the stock market by opening an account in your child's name with a mutual fund that invests in companies your kids will recognize like Netflix, McDonald's, or Mattel. When a company that your child has an investment in is written up in the newspaper or on TV, ask your child how current events may impact that company's stock. And the last rule, number nine, for raising money-smart kids is teaching them about borrowing money and the difference between good and bad debts. They need to know that taking on frivolous debts can undermine their life goals. You also need to tell your kids, in whatever language is most age-appropriate, that a debt is an obligation that cannot be taken lightly. While your kids may readily grasp the concept of putting money aside for a rainy day, getting them to understand how interest can add to their wealth or leave them drowning in debt may require more novel explanations. A promise to repay a debt is a serious matter, and defaulting on a loan of any kind risks grave personal, financial, and legal repercussions. Indeed, a person may be judged by his or her capacity to repay debts in a timely manner. One of the best ways parents can introduce kids to credit cards is to show them a family credit card bill, particularly now that credit card statements show the amount of time it will take to pay the balance off. Because credit cards and debit cards look virtually identical, your child may have grown up thinking they're the same thing. Make sure your kid understands the difference between the two payment methods. Specifically, describe how credit cards allow you to borrow money from the bank over and over so long as you continue to make monthly payments toward the balance. Credit card balances can be paid over time, but your child should know that the longer it takes to pay back the balance, the more interest will add up. So they should know what interest is, as well as how and when interest is charged. When it comes to learning, children are like sponges. Thus, by introducing simple concepts in a way that keeps your kids both engaged and entertained, you'll be surprised at what they manage to pick up. Using financial literacy games for kids is a great method for teaching important money concepts like budgeting, saving, and investing. In summary, you can't make your financial plans in isolation. Sitting down alone, drafting a plan that says what you want to do, and delivering it to the family. You are part of a family, so you make financial plans as a family. Consider your family a business. With current income and expenses, and with short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals that the family, as a group, wants to achieve, then together you set those goals and work together to achieve them. Family money poses special problems, from the fights over money that every couple experiences to the special issues that arise when the children are grown and the parents are aging. The key is awareness so that you gain and maintain control over your financial future. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or not quite rich, or whether your family has two members or 12. The key to family happiness and to a sound and rewarding financial future is teamwork, teamwork, and more teamwork. Imagine a world where you don't have to constantly stress about money. You have enough to cover your bills, regular expenses, hobbies, and more. Beyond that, you want to manage your finances so you end up able to afford the lifestyle you truly want to live. 
These things are all possible when you achieve financial stability. As I mentioned earlier, having investable money is the first condition to building wealth, while having access to affordable assets is the second. But wait, I think there's an even more important precondition to building wealth, and that is understanding your money blueprint. I hope you will join me next week as I dive into why this money blueprint, more than anything, will determine your financial life. Thank you for tuning in to The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business. Tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show.